once again, for the Lord is good. And his mercy endures forever. Whom the Lord has redeemed from the hands of the enemy. Well, let's look to one another say, that's you and I, and you may be seated. Amen. Thank you all so much for being here. What do you all think about that Apostles' Creed? Powerful, isn't it? Yeah, we're going to put it, uh, I'm going to put it, I'm going to get it uh, copied and, uh, and I'll put them in the back and you can have this, keep this. And every time we come together, uh, we're going to, uh, we may be able to get them to put it on the board. Somebody have to type that in. That won't be me. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Well, we are. We are continuing our lesson, a new lesson that we started just last week. This, is, this will be week two, actually, that we are starting about faith in our redemption. Now, let's make sure that we understand two things here. Number one, I want you to understand that faith is not something that you're trying to get or trying to receive. You have faith the moment you got born again. Okay, so I'm not speaking to you in a manner of something that you're trying to get. I'm sharing with you in a, something in how to use the faith of Christ. Notice what I said, the faith of Christ. It's not your faith. It's not my faith. It's his faith. Amen. Same thing about grace. It's not, it's, it's God's grace. God's grace is God's means of provision of making Everything available to you and I that we have right now and faith is the only currency whereby you can receive all that grace has made. So we put a lot of emphasis up on or we've been putting a lot of emphasis up on faith. And the reason why we've been putting a lot of emphasis upon faith, because it's the only way that you can receive in the United States of America. We have a currency. Whereas you can receive money, uh, you can receive, uh, you can uh, uh, purchase things by credit card, debit card, right? What do you call it? EBT card. All of these are what we call currency that whereby the United States of America will accept. Now, there are some stores you go into, they won't accept checks. They won't accept the EBT card. But for mostly, you see that you have a variety of currency whereby you can purchase or make exchanges for goods, right? With the word of God, there's only one thing you can make the exchange of that grace have made provision in. That is faith. Faith is the only exchange. And this is the reason why that if you don't learn to understand what we mean by when we say to live by faith. I know some people go off the scale about it, but when we talk about living by faith, your living by faith is based on what grace have already made. So in order for me to have, to receive God's healing, to receive God's redemption, to receive God's, the identity that I have that's in Christ, uh, Casey mentioned some of the scripture, then guess what? It has to be by faith. Are you following what I'm saying? Our faith is not a, a vain thing. Our faith is in a belief in something or someone. That's what, what the word faith, the Greek word for the word faith is called pistol. It means belief. 
in something or someone. So your faith has to be in God. In you know, in the biblical perspective, our faith is in God. Now, when we say have a faith in something or someone, you can have faith in each other. But that's not biblical faith. It's a natural faith. What I'm speaking of is a biblical faith. Okay? And so the opening scripture that we've been using that as a theme of this year, let's look at one of them. Uh, once again, uh, Zach, First uh, John 5, 4. It says, whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that what? Overcomes the world. It is what? Our faith. So the reason why it is our faith is because it's Jesus' faith. The moment you got born again, his faith that overcame every sickness, every disease, that overcame all sin, it is the faith that you and I have to say, I received that. So all you're doing is being a receiver of his goods, meaning a partaker of his good. Okay? Now, notice this. Go with me to uh, Ephesians 2.10 uh, or 2.8 and put it in the NLT. Uh, no, uh, yeah, let's do that in the NLT. And then when you get to verse 10, put it in the classic amplifier. Notice this in, in verse 8 of Ephesians 2. God saved you by his what? Grace. That means it was God who instituted a plan all by himself. You know, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit to do what? To bring redemption, which is our lesson, to you and I. Redemption means to put you back in a place like it never happened. Now, I know that's a new wrinkle to your brain. Are you understand what I'm saying? But that's the idea. It is to put you in a place like it never happened. Why? Because the blood of an animal could not remove sin. Amen. You could be forgiven by the blood of an animal, but you still had the consciousness of wrong, of not being able to move forward. You were held as a hostage. Oh, you understand what I'm saying? The blood of Jesus took away the consciousness of sin. It didn't just affect you in your spirit. It did affect you in your soul, and it has a great effect in your body. You say, well, what do you mean by that? When you get healed, guess what? Grace made that provision. When we say, as a man thinketh, Proverbs 23, 7, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Well, guess what? If he can think right, it's because his belief is right. Remember, our faith is where? In God, in something or someone. Our faith is in God. So I can believe right. I mean, I can think right because my belief is right. So what is he going to do? It's going to affect my conscience. Can you see what I'm saying? The reason why most believers keep thinking wrong is because they keep believing wrong. Wrong belief calls wrong thinking. Amen. Okay? So you believe right, then guess what? You're going to think right. Okay? So God saved you by his grace when you believe. Notice the key word. This is the major key word in the New Testament. Believe. 
What is your belief? Your belief is in him what he did. Your belief is in what grace have made provision for. You're not trying to believe something to come to pass. Your, your belief is based on what God already provided. Oh, y'all ought to be doing me better than that. Y'all ought to be shouting. Hallelujah. Amen. Your belief is based on what he done. I don't have to figure it out. I don't have to recreate it. I don't have to add anything to it. All I'm doing is believing what he did. My belief is in what he done. Is it done or did? Done, did, got it, wrought it, dang it. it <laughs> my belief is in what he did, right? You're not trying to reinvent it. When you can accept what grace has done, faith will go there and pick it up and say it's mine. Without any question. Yes, sir. The thief on the cross. Just that simple. Everything with God is just that simple. Theology or religion has made it difficult. Has put you to a place of do's and don't. Has put you under more burden now that you believe, you have more burden now than you did before you believed. Uh, that's what make people go back. So y'all listen to what I'm saying. Through the word, that's why I try to show y'all scripture. Don't let no one fill your head with a lot of bunk. Just tell them, I come too far now this way, child. Call and say, I come too, too full. I, like my mom used to say, I come too far this way, child. You know, over here in Southwest Louisiana, we say share. My mama don't know nothing about no share. Amen. <laughs> My mom was educated. She'll tell me, if she hear me talking, but didn't I tell you about pronouncing them words like that? She's she going to be with the Lord now. I can do what I want now. She <laughs> But I won't be good when I get up there. See, she's going to forget all that. All right, so, so think about that for a moment. God saved you by whose grace? No, by your grace, by your obedience, by your goodness. Huh? You can't take credit for it. Because if you could take credit for it, then guess what? It wouldn't be grace. Grace is what? Grace is free given. Grace is, look, grace is giving you, the best way I can explain this, and I hadn't found a way to expound on it, I mean, you know, to do better with it. You ever heard of the word expound? Amen. Expound. So what does that mean? Huh? No longer part. Meaning, what was under their name, what was there? It doesn't mean it's not there. 
It means it's classified that no one can just go in there and pull it up. It's still there. But it won't hinder you from this position or whatever it is that you're looking to achieve. All right? But grace didn't expound or didn't expound to the place of where it's still over here. You know, the nature, that sin nature is still here. No, no, no. No, no. <laughs> no, no. When grace brought forth truth, it totally eradicated the sin nature that you and I was conceived in. It is no longer an existence. No one can point back and say, I remember this. Yeah, you may be different, but I, no, 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 no. <coughs> Casey gave the verse of scripture in 2 Corinthians 5, 16. I like it in the King James. Henceforth, from this point on, henceforth, therefore, henceforth, now, henceforth, no more. Do you look at a person in this light? Huh? That's what it means. That means therefore, henceforth, that means from this moment forward, I no longer see Brother Johnny where he was in the flesh. I no longer judge none of you in the flesh. I don't care what you've done. Even after you got saved, I don't judge you after the flesh. Now here's another radical statement. Because every dumb thing that you and I would do from him out, it already, the judgment of it has already been paid through the blood of Jesus. Amen. What you say? Don't y'all send me no ugly note because I ain't going to read it. <laughs> but that's the truth. Are y'all following what I'm saying? Amen. Now watch this. So God saved you by his grace when you did what? Everybody say the word. Believe. That's how you got saved. It was, notice it, you had to believe what you heard before you confessed it. Amen. This is how the radical change takes place in your life. When someone presents something to you that is feasible, something that is life-changing, you, you will Act because everything in you is open to receive. And that can work good or bad. That's why you have to, when you understand the truth, you got to be careful who you, what you open yourself up to and who you hang out with, what you open yourself up to, who you're around. Are y'all following me? Because see, the moment, again, the moment you have direction, from the word of God, understanding, then that's when distraction comes up in your life like you have never seen before. Your world will start being rocked in a manner. What the world going on? Why is all of this happening? The enemy is trying to get you to abort the plan, the, the, uh, the way that you are going. It loved you more when you were drunker than Cooter Brown. Huh? It loved you more when you was a domestic uh, 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 man or woman beater. Huh? 
It loved you more when you was in, living in homosexuality. And the list goes on. That's what the enemy wants. Whatever we came out of is trying to get us back into. Hmm? And that's why you have to be mindful what you put yourself. You have to set boundaries. Nope, I'm not going. I'm not going. To, I'm not going nowhere close to that place because I, I understand. I'm not going to set myself up to do drugs again. But man, you saved. That's right. And you follow the Holy Ghost. That's right. But that's why I'm not going back. I don't trust my flesh. Can I use this word? Idiot fool? You are an idiot or fool if you put trust in your flesh. When it comes to the things of the kingdom. Amen. Um, okay, we'll come back. Zach, Romans 7. Is it 15? Paul said, I put no trust. It's the scripture with the brackets that is in me. Notice he said, in my dad is. Verse 18. For I know. What is that you know, Paul? Huh? What is it? What, what, what is it that Paul know? That is what? In me? That is what? In my what? In my flesh. What is what? <laughs> so you better, not you better not trust your flesh. You better not let your flesh tempt you. Man, they ain't going to hurt every now and then take a little hit of that weefer. <laughs> Some of y'all say, what that word, what that is? <laughs> Y'all don't need to know. Y'all don't know. Y'all don't need to know. I'm not going to even give y'all no explanation. <laughs> so she know what it is. <laughs> oh, yeah. And don't put, your, don't put your little bear white on. Shoot, don't tell me you ain't driving, boy. See, your flesh will trap you. It will bait you. Or making you think, I can handle that. Until destruction shows up. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, what? Dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me. But how to perform that which is good, I find not. What is he talking about? By yourself. You can't. But thanks be unto God, he didn't say in, in my spirit. He said in, in my flesh. So he didn't say in me. In my flesh dwelleth no good thing. But Christ in me. Oh, that's what you're living out of. You're living out of the Christ that's in you. Amen? That's in your born-again spirit. Your born-again spirit is not like your flesh. 
I could bring my flesh under submission to the truth of my spirit of the life that Christ has in me. But it's an act of what? My will. Right? Okay. I think we got that, right? Go back to all, go back to what, what Ephesians 2 8. Go to verse 9, Zach. Notice what he says. Not of what? Work. Hmm? Not of works, not the fulfillment of the law, the man. See, the, the law puts you in a place of what you had to do. Hmm? We Look, it's not that you and I are delivered from the law. Notice this. The law has been fulfilled in one word. Anybody know? Anybody want to take a shot at it? The law has been fulfilled in one word. Okay. Another word. It is Christ. Love. Who said that? Oh, blood. Love. The law has been fulfilled in one word. Love. See, if you walk in God's love, then guess what? The lawbreaker, the law is for lawbreakers. Are you a lawbreaker? So you have a restrainer on the inside of you that keeps you from walking in that wrong. Right? Okay. I think that verse of scripture is uh, 1 Peter 3. Somebody kind of look that up where it says uh, that the law is for those of lawbreakers, disobedient to parents, uh, or whatnot. Kind of find that for me. But let's stick with this. Why was the law, why is the, why, why is the law, we couldn't keep it? What would make us not be able to keep the law? Anybody? So you got to answer these questions when you talk to people. Why we don't live by the law? Imperfect. We, we, okay. Glory to God. I thought, thought, that's all right. That's all right. That's all right. I thought the rapture was ready to come. I said, oh, I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> No, because why? We could not keep it because we were imperfect. The law was pure. The law wasn't unjust. The law would just show up on us. You know how some people say, why, why, what, what them young people call that? Why you put me on blast? That's what the law does. The law going to show up all your imperfection. Your, all your imperfection. Oh, yeah, yeah, imperfection. First what, Timothy? First Timothy 1 9. Look that up, Zach. Let me show you something. Yeah, that's it. Notice this. It says, knowing and understanding this, that the law is not what? Oh, for who? 
I, we, I don't even need to go no further. The law is not enacted for who? The righteous. Who is the righteous? You and I. But watch this. The, the upright and just who are what? In right standing with God. It, your right standing with God does not, do, does not mean I'm right standing because of what I do. My right standing is because I believe. Oh, y'all didn't catch that. So you thinking your right standing is based on what you do. No, your right standing is based on your belief in what God has done through grace. And notice it, and grace is Jesus Christ. So the only response to what God done is the faith of Christ to conceive. Amen. Period. <laughs> Are y'all getting this? Watch this. So the upright and just who are in right standing with God, but for the lawless, you see that? That's not you. Unruly, that's not you. For the ungodly, that's not you. And sinful, for the irreverent, and for the profane, that shouldn't be you either. <laughs> Don't be like Flip Wilson. The devil made me do it. <laughs> For those who strike and beat and even murder fathers and strike and beat even murders or murder mothers for manslayer. Keep going. For impure, immoral person, those who abuse themselves with men, kidnappers, liars, Prejudice and whatever else is opposed to wholesome teaching and sound doctrine. That's not you. This life that's in you has separated you from that life that you and I once con was conceived in. The nature that I'm speaking to you of is your born again experience. Now these things can, some of these things can still function in your life until the soulish part of you has what? Been renewed with the word of God. That's the reason why the scripture says in Romans 8.1, therefore now there is no condemnation. To those in Christ? Why? You can't live. Notice this. How can, okay, I'm in Christ, but I'm condemned. The purpose of you being here this morning or listening to me live by uh, uh, Facebook or whatnot is so that you can train your mindset, so that you can renew your mind, you can renew your understanding to these truths, and so that you'll no longer just pick up on these truths that have been deeply embedded in your soul that you just walk by without thinking. But this new truth, this new life, demands a new action, a new way of thinking. And that's only the Holy Spirit can bring you to that place. 
And he does it with such love. That's why I say the law has been fulfilled with one word, love. That love, that love will bring you to a place that you say, man, I don't want to drink no more. I'm tired. I'm, look, I got enough of that. Hmm? I'm, not, I'm not smoking marijuana no more. Huh? Right? right. Wh whatever. Is that right? I'm not gambling no more. Is that right? I ain't spending no more money on the lotto ticket. Already won the lottery. I got him inside of me. Is that right? So what are we saying? I'm saying why? Because when you understand what took place in your spirit, but when you understand what took place at Calvary and how he was raised for your justification, this is the reason why it has to be grace and grace alone. If there's any part of you in it, y'all might not be ready for this statement. It ain't grace. It has to be all or none. Remember I said about expunge? A person's life? Your life has been radically changed. It may not appear in your flesh. It may not appear in your actions. It may not even appear in your surroundings at the moment. But it's not those things that I want you to focus on. I first want you to focus on your identity that you who you are in him. See, the reason why a sinner sin, because what? He a sinner. He don't know how to choose. He don't have that mechanism in him to choose. You and I, as we grow in him, you got a way of choosing. Any questions on that? Okay. Okay, Zach, go back to um, Ephesians. Y'all got that, huh? All right. Go back to Ephesians. Uh, so it says, not because of works, not the fulfillment of the law demands, lest any man should boast. Well, we know no man can boast. Because if a man could have did it, then Jesus Christ or God being in the flesh coming would be where? In vain. So we couldn't do it. So anybody tell you about trying to keep the law, well, guess what? You better just, just, just politely walk away. Say, I love you, brother. I love you, sister. Glory to God. Why? Because they are deceived. You can't keep the law. I mean, some days you might do well because of the love of God that shed abroad in your heart. But what's going to happen? If you, if you condition yourself to live by that, Pat, is it is that right, Pat? Pat? You condition yourself to live by that, then guess what? When you do something wrong, 
Well, whatever you condition yourself to be accolade of, you're going to be, look, you have to condition yourself to receive the full punishment of that too. Why y'all so hard on me? All I did is just say, well, you wanted all the accolade over there. See, the law don't give you one without the other. Oh, you understand what I'm saying? No. Nobody was able, but with the grace of God. The grace of God, that, with the meaning this new life, this new identity, this, you know, uh, they, sometimes they put people under what they call witness protection, right? Is that right? You give them a whole new identity, right? Change their name, change their date of birth, everything. Put them in a whole different city or a different or country. Give them new credit cards. Give them money. Get them established. Right? Just kind of see that's what God did for you. You have a whole new identity. So whatever you came out of, I will not let that hold me back. I will not keep thinking on that. I will not keep doing because that's what the enemy wants you to do. All right? Remember, you didn't have anything to do with this. He the one classify you and I clean. He the one that classify you and I righteous. I already knew I, my righteousness was as filthy rags. Hmm? But he's not talking about my Righteousness. Now you got to have some self-righteous in the world, okay? Now some self-righteousness in the world you got to have on your job, okay? But I'm talking about from a spiritual perspective. But like when you're dealing with people, you're dealing with your boss. Say like you, you know, let's just say uh, you may be up for a promotion. Well, because you're performing at a high altitude. Your self-righteousness of showing you because of your qualification, you being here on time, you consistent and etc. Then guess what? Your consistency gets you going to get you this raise. Okay, if there was a way that you could classify yourself with self-righteous, you can use that. But I even say this: I go even one further. If you learn to walk in this gift that God gave unto you, this righteousness, you won't need that self-righteousness because that righteousness that's in you is filled with such love and such power, it will super excel that righteousness, that self-righteousness. Now, I gave you both of them because you can use them both. They both offer you an eye to walk in. But when it comes to the things of the kingdom of God, you can't use self-righteousness. I mean, I understood what I just said. You got to say these things because sometimes people will say, well, I heard this pastor say, you know, self-righteousness is okay. Self-righteousness is okay based on a job, based on a position. But that self-righteousness is not in the kingdom of God. You can't bring that in the kingdom of God. It won't, it, it, it won't, it won't jail. Because that is based on your performance, on your job. But the performance here is Jesus, what he's done. Are you following what I'm saying? That's why it is the righteousness of God is by faith. Why? Because it's a gift that God gave to you and I.
You're partaking a gift. Are y'all getting this? You're partaking a gift. And in that gift that you are receiving, then guess what? That means I'm going to live and walk in this gift. I'm going to allow what is in me to do what? To pave the way for me. Okay? Watch this. Did we finish that? So it says, that's in the man should both. It is not the result of what anyone can possibly do. So no one can pride himself in it or take glory to himself. And here's the key verse I want you to see. Verse 10. For we are God's own handiwork. Whose handiwork? Okay. That means his workmanship recreated where? In Christ. The reason why I recreated in Christ, it is not for a, for a, it is the word recreated anew, but it means anew to do what? To go back to the law of Genesis 1 and 2. To do what? Of learning to call those things that be not as though they were. That's the purpose of your redemption. So that nothing will hinder you in this life. Are you getting what I'm saying here? Without this new identity, your, your tendency in life is going to be, or your success in life is going to be short-lived. But you have a brand new identity. So everything that I do from this point on, I'm learning to do what? I'm learning to live out of this new identity that's in me. Christ in me is the life that I'm living out of. Let me say that to you again. It's Christ in me. That's the life that I'm now living out of. I'm walking, I'm, I'm living out of when there's a storm in my life. I'm living out from a place that where Jesus spoke to the storm. The same Jesus, the same spirit, the same Holy Ghost, the same word, the same God. It's all inside of me. So I'm releasing the faith of Christ in me and I'm speaking to that storm. And I'm moving on. I'm not looking for the storm to obey me. I'm not confessing the storm 10, 15, 20 times to obey me. I'm going to let that pause right there. Because how many times we've been confessing the same thing? The word is powerful. Huh? But the word Notice this, there, there is a moment that takes time for the word to bring forth the manifestation. It hurt you the first time. How many times you have to confess to get saved? Did you have to go back every week and say, I, I'm confessing myself? Or you wake up every day? If I confess with my mouth today, I confess with my mouth. I believe in my heart. God raised me from the dead. God raised him from the dead. And all my sins are forgiven. And I'm saved. See, that's wrong right there. But, you know, I don't, I don't want to make no doctrine out of that. People will say, I want to confess all my sins. You don't even know all your sins. 
Are you understand what I'm saying? That's religious. It sounds good, but it has no validity to it. And that's what that's what happened. People keep teaching people to get born. Well, I gotta go, I gotta go back to the altar again. You know, I need to get saved again. Hmm? So you when you made the prayer, when you confessed him and made Jesus the Lord of your life, you you pray, you confess what? One time. Why? Because you believe. You couldn't confess that unless you believed that. Your belief brought you in a place of confessing what you heard because you had to think on it. Notice when you thought on it, your conscience was involved. Whatever guilt, whatever shame, when you heard somebody say, God had sent his son in the likeness of flesh to die in my place as a substitute, and that is being explained to me. What? You, you tell me I'm free? Before I got born again, the first, one of the things I said, man, I wish I could just be born again. I didn't even know that was such a word. And when it happened, I said, what? That's right. That life you have on the inside of you, that's what God pays attention to. Hmm? So when you got born again, notice this. Your conscience was involved in the decision making. You had to, you had to hear. It wasn't just your spirit that got that, that, that but the, the greatest change took place in your spirit, but your soul. Had to be had to had to have to conceive what you heard and what is in your soul, your imagination, your conscience, the way you think, your emotions. All of that is attached to your soul because that's the part of you that governs this flesh. Your spirit was dead as a donor. You don't understand what I mean by that. It was just estranged from God. But when you heard the truth and you and you you confess with your mouth. Now some people don't can't confess because they can't speak. But there are different ways that they can you they can they can show forth their belief and God honors it. But the moment you made, the moment that person opened their mouth and confessed, all of a sudden. Before anything, before your soul could just say, no, I, I'm not doing that, whatever. It's just, whoop, it went down on the inside of you and change took place. Now your heart was trying to figure out a few days later what happened. Right? But that's the reason why your soul has to be renewed with the word of God. What actually happened with the soulless part of you, it was, it was restored, but it was restored back in a place where it can conceive truth. That's what took place. Let me show you that verse of scripture. Uh, Psalm 19, 7. 
put this up in the NLT. The, the instruction of the Lord is what? It's perfect. Now the NLT says reviving the soul. Another, another Hebrew word says restoring, which is the same word, the soul. It doesn't mean restore that it don't need no improvement. It is restored from all of the junk that had us so far out in left field. You know how people say, boy, that boy's so bad. I don't know if he's ever going to get saved. I mean, I mean, he just, he, you know, you just think the worst. But guess what? Brother John ain't never heard the gospel. He might have been out there. He might have been cutting up. But when he heard the gospel, huh? What happened? Brother Johnny came to this side. And people say, they say, Johnny Walker got saved. What? No, no way. No, no, that's the devil himself walking. Huh? I'm just using Brother Johnny because, you know, he. <laughs> See, that's the devil himself walking. They said, no, man, Johnny Walker got saved. What? I ain't going to believe that till I see it. Just, just, just stand over there just watch. We're going to see. We're going to see. They still wait. They, they still wait. <laughs> see what I'm saying? What I'm trying to say. It had to affect the way he think. Why? Because his thinking, just like your thinking, my thing, had us way out there thinking crazy, boy. Huh? And then all of a sudden, we heard the gospel. We heard the truth. And it was just one thing somebody said, and all of a sudden you say, man, I believe. What happened? Your conscience came in alignment. Right here, the instruction of the Lord are perfect. Instructing or reviving the soul. Are you seeing this? Or restoring the soul. When it said restoring the soul, notice what it's saying here. That restore, that restore or restoring the soul is this. It's to bring you back in a place where you can accept the truth. It doesn't mean that it's permanently changed. No, it came in alignment the way God destined it for it to hear the truth. And guess what? That's why you got to have the supernatural word of God that is born of God to affect change in your soul. Because other than that, you won't have it. And you think God is not all powerful? Think about how you had to hear this word before your soul, because your soul got to accept it. It's just not going to bypass your soul into your spirit. It's a filter. It has to filter. Now, the word is born of God. Oh, my time is almost. The, the word that's born of God, it has to filter up through your soul, which is the ground of your heart, so that change could be affected in your life permanently. Because now you got the life of God living inside of you and it will affect, it will bring about an abrupt change when light kicks in, 
when understanding kicks in. That's the reason why we say the confessing of God's word is not going to bring the change. The confession of God's word is to put you in a place of walking by faith. It's to get you to believe. But once you believe, once you have understanding, I'm going to close with this verse of scripture using this. Go to Mark chapter 11. See, this is when you know your faith in Christ is working. Notice this in, in, Mark, in Mark, chapter, Mark chapter 11 and look at verse uh, uh, 12. And the next morning as they, were ha- as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. Next verse. And he noticed a fig tree in full leaf a little way off. He knows the fig tree where? In how, how many leaves? Full leaf. So he went over to see if he could find any figs, but there was only leaves because it was too early in the season for fruit. That's what it said, right? And verse 14, then Jesus said to the tree, well, why would Jesus speak to the tree if it was too early? Hmm? Why would he speak to a tree if it's too early? You think that's the word walking in the flesh. You think the word didn't know that that tree was supposed to have figs on it? I'm, not, I'm trying to show you, I'm trying to show you when, when your soul is in, is, is, is in alignment with your spirit, you're not going to back off from the truth and you're not going to have to make all these unnecessary confessions. Look, I'm not being funny because I did this myself until I realized he heard me the first time. I was not convinced. And that's why the Bible said in Hebrew, I mean, in Romans 4.21, Abraham was fully persuaded that what God had promised, God was able to perform. I wasn't always fully persuaded because the moment something happened, the moment I got a negative report on this situation, oh, I'm confessing again. Oh, let me pray about this again. That means I wasn't sure. I wasn't fully convinced. Oh, you understand what I'm saying? Now, you know, saying something is better than not saying anything. You know, God understands where you are. But it's for you and I to understand. Watch this as I close. So he said, no one ever eat what? Your fruit again, and the disciples heard it, or heard him said it. I'll go to verse 20. And the next morning as they passed by the fig tree, he had cursed. The disciples noticed it wilted from the root. Up. Now that's powerful. Overnight, a fig tree. A full-blown pig fig tree. I was going to say a pig feet. A f- <laughs> oh, a full-blown, uh, I'm about to say it again, fig, fig tree. <laughs> Got to get away from Brother John. You want them pig feet. Notice this. <laughs> Notice this. Peter put, Peter remembered what Jesus said to the tree. 
on the previous day exclaimed, notice this, look, Rabbi, the fig tree that you what? Curse has done what? Withered and died. Are y'all who who was who was amazed at this? Jesus is not functioning as God. I'm talking about our redemption. I'm trying to show you the demonstration of what you have now that he was demonstrating before he went to the cross and consummated the life that we have right now that I'm speaking of in the scripture. He didn't do this as the son of God. He did it as the son of man. He had to trust what does in the same God, the same Holy Spirit that you and I have today. That's why it's his faith. Uh, the same Holy Spirit that God gave to Jesus when he was in the earth is what you have right now. The same Holy Spirit that's demonstrated. No man eat fruit of you hereafter. 24 hours, that tree was dead. Well, the Holy Ghost was with him. The same Holy Ghost that is in you now. Saying, turn me loose. He don't want you to speak your doubts. Your unbelief. It's not going to move the mountain. Well, it just don't look like it's happening. That's your flesh, baby. That's your, that's your emotion. Quiet them. You got to learn to harness your emotion when you're living by faith. Because your body get to talking to you. Your circumstances get to talking to you. Your feelings get to... And if you don't shut it up, before you know it, you've been overtook. Well, what, Brother Joe, where you been? Ah... Uh, Ah, uh. <laughs> no! Are <laughs> oh, y'all getting what I'm saying? I'm just using Brother Joe. But look, what Jesus said. Then Jesus said to his to the disciples, "What did he say?" Y'all said that too weak. That's right. Have faith where. In God. Amen. That's what your faith has to be. Do you believe that he's the creator of heaven and earth? Do you believe that he was born of a virgin? Do you believe that he went to hell and spent three days in hell for you and I and was raised for our justification? Do you believe in the Holy Communion that when you partake, you are renewing your covenant rights? <laughs> y'all looking at me like I stole something. I ain't, ain't stealing nothing. I'm just telling y'all the truth. Here we go. And I, call, I tell you the truth, Jesus said. You can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea. It will happen. Oh my God. 
you can't get it much more guaranteed than that. It will happen. But you what? Must what? Really believe. It will happen and have what? No doubt in your heart. That's your soul, baby. That's where, why? Because what you hear, what you see, what you feel, that's where the doubt going to come in at. You went over there to church, y'all let that little old preacher over there and boost y'all all up like that. You know that stuff don't work like that. Go in the coffee shop and you, and you sit down there with somebody, some old old preacher that's offended by the word of God of me talking about this. Look, let me tell you something. I heard, look, I've been around many men of God like him. Many men of God like him. You got to watch that. And you're going to sit down and listen to that. Everybody don't believe this. They think this is, they don't think this is real. But I'm telling you, you hear what he said? I tell you the truth. Stand to your feet. Make this confession with me. Look at somebody and tell them, I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain. Now the mountain going to be whatever, what's going on in your life? Whatever it is, and say, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea. Look at them and say, it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. Hallelujah. Did y'all receive that? <laughs> oh, that gave you something, didn't it? It gave me something too. Well, I'm going to stop right here. That's all I have for you. I got so much, but this is all I can give you to you today. We want to give you an opportunity. You may be seated. We want to give you.